right? It is time to f- 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 fuck up a fangwin. I said that earlier on I thought I'd put it in this I, I like it Yes, hello You're very welcome to the 15th uh, I just crossed my legs And pulled the lead out of the machine Hello, yes You're very welcome to the 15th episode of Higher Fidelity The podcast that care waves on the airwaves Chaps, we have ascended The grind has ceased We've done our time with the shit munchers And now we're back on top I, for one, am glad and relieved for those who don't know, which is a status reserved for the newly born and recently deceased, our <laughs> debut single, Don't Say a Word, was released. To critical and commercial success. To glo- uni- multi-universal acclaim. Chart positions, up the yin-yang. Radio play, out the wazoo. Press features, down the urethra. People say, like, big head and ivory tower, like it's a bad thing. I think they should try it. It's pretty nice up here. Have you ever had a tower not made of ivory? It sucks. It's that tower. You ever gone mad without power? It's boring. No one listens to you. <laughs> it's sort of comforting to me, I think to all of us, that we're 12 days into this now and it's never going to end. Mm. The 12 days of don't say a word. It's never going to end. It can't stop. It can't end. It won't. Momentum by its very nature continues. That's what momentum means. Success. It's a metaphor. That's what it means. How do you feel about it? Like you, I feel like, yeah, everything's finally turned out perfect and nothing's ever going to wrong ever again. And it's done. That's it. Yep. It's all going to be good from now on. Nothing to worry about. No reason why it wouldn't be. No. I'm not worried. (laughs) Are you? Absolutely not. Ross, your thoughts? I don't have thoughts. You don't need to when you're a star. Exactly. I don't need to think ever again. You're not paid to think. No. We obviously couldn't be together for the launch of the single on the the night it went up on the 29th of the Thursday the 29th of October I didn't want to explode in a supernovic beam of red hot successful light in my house for the safety of the people I was living with so I went out to my car which the back seat of it is filled with 200 metres of bubble wrap for the cassettes that we release which also <laughs> incidentally <laughs> sold out uh-huh. into the car till it came up at midnight I, 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 I <laughs> for my pre-successful sins I did whoop and holler when I saw it on Spotify <laughs> it was fun to see it there and we all hopped on a, like a live stream on Instagram to sort of talk about it with each other and it was your birthday as well it was did, it was indeed did a bit of a thing with that and then the next morning we got up to premiere the video at half seven in the morning then the climb happened we all remember the climb yeah that great do. Miley Cyrus song. no yeah. the actual climb of the charts I was in bed and got a text from Aiden Shorthall at 10am to say check the iTunes charts big up Aiden I had a look we were at number 42 and I did a little <laughs> a nice because that's the Douglas Adams number that's the answer to life the universe and everything everything in those upside being what position did the Zenarchist debut single don't say would go into in the Irish iTunes charts serendipity I was happy with that going I hadn't thought there'd be a chart thing anyway again I said chart the iTunes charts I didn't think it was going to be a big deal so like ah fucking 42 that, that's that's funny we get on with the release and then happened to look three hours later and realised that I'd, we'd gone in to number 10 in the single charts all from the comfort of my own bed and presume were you still in bed I wasn't in bed but I was in my pyjamas okay. what time was it 10am I wouldn't have been in bed and I would have been fully dressed Shit. Again, thought it was funny, didn't think much of it. Then we went to number five, and it stopped being a disco. The game was a foot. <laughs> Saucy Jack was on the loose. <laughs> that foot was a hand. The hand had fingers. Fingers were on the trigger, and the trigger was all our phone contacts. It now was a case of, if I don't go to number one, 
I will die. <laughs> this has to happen. And then throughout the course of the day, then, as the people were sharing the track, there was some pleasant words said online. Your interview with RTE went up. Yeah. As it happened, there was some single reviews by like Indie Buddy and all them, which was great. And then at 8.30pm, I happened to refresh iTunes. And we were at number one. Numero uno ever. Ahen. Number one. Oh, sorry. Yeah. yeah, I didn't know that last one. A uh, fun end to the release day. That was fantastic. Yeah, definitely. Not part of the plan. Not part of anybody's plan. No, at all. and like since then we've got some radio play. No biggie. Some press pieces. Slight biggie. <laughs> An offer of some live stream shows, which is why we're able to be here now in person. Because under the level five precautions in Ireland, if it's for telecommunication or televisual purposes, we're allowed to be together to do this sort of stuff. So, in an unprecedented level of commitment to the cause. I have moved in to Bedrock Studios and I'm sleeping on the floor. A bit like Prince in his studio. Yeah. He just lived up, but that's what I'm doing. Except less moustaches. Less moustaches, more height. Yeah, let's be fair. Less Cuban heels. There's no Cuban heel near me at all where there's, Prince ended up being more Cuban heel than man. I actually don't want to talk about Prince on this podcast. <laughs> uh, and I, I, I can't figure out if it's if it's pathetic or cred building that I've been sleeping in the studio. No, but see, that's the thing when it comes to you, Pete, is when you do pathetic things, you say it's cred building. But if, I, if anyone else was to do them, you'd say, oh... Sad. If I was to hear a nondescript Irish musician say, Man, I just lived in the studio. You wouldn't believe them. They say, oh, they're just saying they live in the studio. They were just I do live in the studio, but not not living in terms of like doing constant incessant work that he has that you feel compelled to tell everyone about him. Like, actually that's where I ex- that's where I live. And and do no work. We ran through the set twice today, Ross. That we ran through our twenty five minute set twice today. That's fucking that's a lot of hard work. I was fucked. <laughs> I'm living and not in the pretentious the juices are just constantly flowing that I have to be near recording equipment at all time it's like there's, that's the only place where a bed can fit in this house you're bedding down and our friend Peter Toronto pointed out that Bedrock is upstairs no studios are upstairs if you think about it studios exude an exclusively ground floor if not below that energy good point I've never we've never ever walked upstairs into a studio except for here is, is Windmill Lane is that, was that above it's shit. <laughs> so it doesn't count. But it's, yeah, it's still a fucking rare thing because there's absolutely no helpfulness to be gained. No practical, like, you know, all the things that you need a studio for, like as in bringing gear, doing all the things, like, ground level and below is hand- way handier. Well, you think about it, the lower you are, the less things shake, which means more sound absorption. The, Ross, the, wouldn't let buildings be built if the higher up you went, the more rickety and wobbly they were? Uh, on the women, Windmill Lane note, there was a hard drive in Windmill Lane with 15 Stripe songs on it that have never seen the light of day. Mm. There's an album in there. God, yeah. Long forgotten. And again, I'm not saying that in like a, again, it was just such a creatively explosive time that we did them and they just like left behind. It's like, no, we were told to not take them out of the studio and we haven't heard them since. And I'd be dying to know what they actually sound like. I'm not. You're not dying? No. You wouldn't want to hear them at all, no. I would love to hear them because they're definitely terrible. I remember Birdcage and that was kind of funny with the what and the stop. Remember oh that? yeah, that God, was nice. Yeah. Burger, remember that? I don't remember any of the tracks. See, so, yeah, I mean, they, look, that's a, we, the release day. Then was was what it was. Uh, everyone had their fun here. Weirdly mirrored the stripes thing in terms of like track going out. Didn't think much of it, and then everyone got a bit flustered about iTunes. And we've had further chart and success beyond that. So yeah, so then at the end of the week, then in the actual Irish singles chart, in and of itself, the combined streams, sales, all that sort of stuff, we actually went in at number twelve, top twenty hit, actually on a on a printed piece of paper, read it on the radio by a woman on the chart show. Um, now, and on that, uh, I've taken the liberty, just you need to know that I'm a vast catalogue 
vlogger of like a lot of stuff like I keep a diary and all this stuff and I and photo the catalog and all things like that and then with this because there was so much Stripe stuff that was lost to to the ether of yeah. we missed an awful lot of that sort of stuff because it just it, it happened so quickly and then we didn't have a chance to sort of archive it and all that so I'm doing my best to archive any of the radio appearances that have happened so far like people talking about the track and things like that and any interviews and um, or even like the print stuff and keeping all this stuff together I've been recording as I said, using this Zoom thing I've been recording all the radio stuff literally up mic into the laptop speaker uh, for posterity and I think the time for posterity is now and we're going to listen back to some of them yeah why not bit self-serving I think so do I care not at all my sentiments for radio people we send around a press pack with the cassette a little certificate of authenticity a signed photo of our signatures a little label card promotion that we did up and dental floss because of dental records uh, very clear that this came from dental records and then I wrote and then I wrote dental records on the dental floss so there's no way anyone could be confused as to why they were receiving dental floss that didn't stop Adija being confused as to why he was sent dental floss now don't say a word it's the zen arcades he plays the track like a trooper I'm uh, trying to find the next bit of us here it should be here in a second this is me and the radio the Zen Arcade, love that. Don't say a word. That's their current and JB single. The band sent me a, a cassette, among uh, uh, other things, in dental floss as well. <laughs> Not quite sure what to make of that, but anyway, thank you very much. What's that about? Read it. Yeah, I mean, it really like you kind of spell it out for him to be honest. Spell everything. It says in the back of the postcard. Please enjoy this signed photo of the band signatures, Dental Records, and then the other piece of paper goes into extensive detail about the roster of Dental Records. Picked up the Dental Floss that said Dental Records on it and went, Why did I get sent that? <laughs> Why did they send me that? Anyhow, appreciate the play. Being on news recording that felt the need to go. Oh, by the way, this isn't me on the radio. <laughs> After you talked, like this is uh, Tom Dunn calling us young. Good news for November. The return of, well, formerly known as the Stripes, now known as the Zen Arcade. Yeah. They're still all nine. You know that? Oldest man in the band, nine and a half. <laughs> Mugged off. Oh, okay, so uh, last night I was on a radio station over in the Netherlands called Kink. Mm. Great chat with a chap called Jasper. Great chat with a chap called Jasper. <laughs> this is how it went This is how the sign off went In my defence This was my first interview Since my job interview for Duns And before that First interview In by two years Yes I, w- I was not prepared And they did just ring me And this thing It was a Zoom call And so I did the thing That everyone does When they're on a Zoom call As and went I don't, need, I don't need to wear trousers I don't need to have my legs covered So it was on Kink FM In my jocks So he lines up the track And it feels like He's going to just play it But he's expecting me To say something Okay And then this happens And this is Primetime morning Kinky radio In the Netherlands. I'm say a word, a new tune. The first song, it's all getting started, <laughs> man. I'm going to play it. <laughs> Please do it. <yes. laughs> but what did he want to do then? I don't like, know. Go, like, yeah. I really don't know what he was thinking. <laughs> Glad to play it, though. Now, I did an interview with, with KCLO Radio as well, which is Kildare Clare Local Radio. Of course. We were playing on the show the night before, and I tuned into it to see what the what sort of show was and things like that. And Martin Bridgman was the DJ, and he was playing us. And it was totally Oskelga. Oh, nice. Entirely in the language of our ancestors. Yeah. I then had a mini and then massive shit attack of there's been some horrendous miscommunication. (laughs) (laughs) Someone has relayed the message that you know your way around the cupola fuckle. And so I then thought, this is a totally all Irish station and I'm doing a 20 minute interview tomorrow. I'm going to be expected to speak Irish. I absolutely... Like I said, had a shit attack <laughs> in my panic. This was at midnight. This was like a midnight show, and it's going to be on the show then at ten in the morning. So I thought I have 
absolutely no time to get ready for this. To learn Irish. To be reacquainted with a language that I, even at the peak of my Irish powers, was only on nodding terms with the very <laughs> basics. I then decided I have to get a few cubes of fuck. I have to have something that can just get me through this and hopefully they'll understand and things like that, right? So I had this ready. Gia Ditch is Misha Pather. Do you want to try and translate for the people at home? Hello, my name is Peter. Great. It's Bralum Carriga Garoshta and Pop Kuvakta. I love Power Pop. And and Garage Rock. Yeah. <laughs> nice. <laughs> and then uh Talk Tear Er Ningle New and Na Hubber Fuckle. Say that again. Listen to our new single, don't, don't say, say a word. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I just thought I'll just throw this in just for the crack. Tom Cove sauce the Ave Mar Ever Ahen. I'm so happy to be number one. <laughs> <laughs> But that's how much I was going. I just need that, like, four or five phrases. I want to point out the slickness of saying Tom instead of Tom A. Oh, Tom. Ooh. The contractions. But this this is how it went down. And you can hear the panic in my voice and the relief as well. Now, uh, let us go to the phones. And uh, it's Pete from uh, the, Gen- uh, the Zen Arcade. Pete, good afternoon to you and welcome along into the show. John, how you going on? Thanks for having me. Uh, come here, this, this isn't a totally Oscar show then, no. Oh, no, no, oh, no, God almighty, you joke me, I'm oh, lucky. <laughs> it's terrible that I haven't got enough Irish to do that for you. <laughs> that's right, no, because Martin Bridgman played us last night and it was totally off Gilgit, so I thought the whole station was Irish and then I panicked. <laughs> <laughs> you, were, you were revising for the Leaving Cert oral you never had. <laughs> exactly. Well, I go on to talk about uh, that I've now, I didn't do the oral. My, I thought my oral exam was going to be broadcast to the Kildare Clare local radio audience <laughs> yeah, at 10 yeah, in the morning. Yeah. And I told him about your Irish oral story as well. Oh yes, halfway through got stopped. Yeah. No one here has the context for that. Well, do you want me? To, do you want me to tell it? Oh, I mean, it's really boring. Okay, don't then. Um, <laughs> well, I can't. No, you're okay. You're alright. You're alright. You're alright. It's been a bit of a mad week as well with all the stuff coming through. I, um, oh, we were on the cover of the Irish Culture magazine as well in the Sunday Times. Yeah. So uh, interesting to be on that. Uh, we played on Nardwar as well, and then uh, any of the funny ones. I'm trying to think of any of the funny ones. Oh, there's just on the on, on Kink FM. There was a hila- the, the outro was hilarious to me. I thought. <laughs> Music in the background, I think it's great. There's been the, the line in the sand has been drawn in our lives with the pre and post desaw times. Oh, that's, I look at my life now pre and post desaw. So yeah. I would say the last time we hung out, Ross, was PDSOW. Pre. This isn't going to work because PDSOW is going to be the same post or pre. It's going to be... B and A. Yes. So the, the last time I saw you, Ross, was a B, D, saw time. Us hanging out now is A, D, saw time. Yes. Apre. Yeah. So the thing is now, we're so outrageously successful now that we got followed by a band called Osaka Popstar. Now, I googled Osaka Popstar. It's a punk supergroup. This just coming in. Oh, fuck. Totally, totally. So we were last week, we were like... Num- <laughs> last week, we were, Fuck all that noise. Okay. Last week, we were number 12 in the charts, right? Yeah. Charts come out on a Friday... This is a Friday. Yeah. We can check is. the charts. Let's check it right yeah, now. Let's check it. Oh, God. Again, like I say, it's never, it's never ever going to end. We're always going to be mega stars from now on. Come on around, chaps. Let's have a look. So, number 12 last time. What are we thinking? Conservative bets. I'm thinking... 36? I think we're going to have dropped a few places. Um, I'm going to say 40. This chart's only the top 20, though. Oh, well, then we're not going to be in it. <laughs> Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> Fuck. It's over. <laughs> we're uh, done. Yeah, but washed up. This sucks. I fucking hate this now. Sucks to fucking suck and we do. But we could arguably be in the top four. No one knows. We are and we're not. It's Schrodinger's top 40 and that's a hit. Out of the charts. I mean, but like, we're a thinking man's indie band. 
Yeah. We're not a chart band. Never yeah. wear a chart band. Doesn't matter what we thought <laughs> this morning. <laughs> we done a big U-turn. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, anyway, so Osaka Popstar followed us back when we were successful. I, I googled them. So they're, so they're a punk supergroup, right? Mm. Made up of Jerry Only, who's the bass player from The Misfits. Right. Des Kadena, who's the third singer for Black Flag. Okay. And then Ivan Julian, who was in the fucking Voidoids, right? These cats following us. And then Marky Ramone. So it's a band of seriously credible musicians. And, and then Marky Ramone. <laughs> I put Marky Ramone in the Graham Nash League of cunts I can't stand. CICS. You're not you're not into it. No, we did that Donatella Versace, one of the team one of the team MTs, we did her fashion show. We did. And <laughs> she looked very different in real person. I was like, I, I saw Team and T last night, woman, you look very different. Where's your staff and blue headband? <gasps> Donatello. That's who Donatello is. Donatello's the smart lad with the purple and the staff. Yeah, you just said blue. That's why I went. <gasps> I said purple. You said blue. I said blue, Leon, said blue. Leonardo's blue with the katanas and Raphael's red with the, the like, weird, what are they called? Scythers? No, that's a Pokemon. What is it? <laughs> <laughs> you don't know your shit. And then Michelangelo with his, what is his pizza? Skateboard. Michelangelo yeah. with a big rat, isn't it? So we did the Donatella Versace thing and then Marky <laughs> Ramon was at the fucking after party in a gold Ramon's biker jacket. What a sickening arsehole. We crossed you that day. <laughs> but they followed us and we respect that. <laughs> We're now so, again, as outrageously successful that I got a brand sponsorship email. Oh, nice. Yeah. From Bliss Body. I'd like to think that anybody who knows my Instagram page knows that it is not geared towards classy stuff at all. Mm. Hi, Pete. My name is Susan and I am the head of PR at the international brand Bliss Body. We came across your Instagram profile, Peter Hannan, and love, capital letters, your style lowercase we'd love to have you as one of our brand ambassadors to celebrate our new men's odyssey collection nice we want to give you a free watch so you can post a picture of you wearing it and drive more exposure to our brand being an ambassador will also get you commission from the sponsored posts an easy way of making money with instagram i'll leave below some key points now i looked up bliss body right mm-hmm. thinking this is going to be some fucking mickey mouse show 131,000 followers, that's the brand, there it is. Does this seem familiar to you, Ev? Uh, no. I don't know how I'm going to take these photos of, like, the thing of someone holding the watch along their fingers. and How am I going to do that? <laughs> I started to go, if the page is that big, why are they coming to me? Mm. This is how I started to go. I started to suspect a rat. You will get a discount code so you earn 25% commission per sale. Pretty decent. Our Instagram page is at mybliss_body. That's great. Ambassadors only have to cover shipping. So for me to get their free watch, I'd have to pay for them to ship it to me. <laughs> and then she sent me an email two minutes after this. The timestamp is 28th of the 10th, 2020, 1848. And then the next email, 28th of the 10th, 2020, at 1850. <laughs> hey, did you have a chance to look through my email? I then looked up Bliss Body promotional email thing, whatever the fuck it is. There's about 180 people going... Do not. <laughs> it is a scam. I got word for word the exact same email from the exact same person about four months ago. No way. Because mm. I checked up because it says Susan Reed is like, I'm the brand sponsorship manager. I looked up Bliss Body Corporation. Susan Reed has been replaced by um, Mike Chancellor. Okay. Uh, Mike Chancellor. <laughs> so either either they're using outdated information they've stolen or Sue's gone rogue. <laughs> Hard to know. Who, who is it from? Susan Reed. My, now I'm from, my one's from Olivia Reed. Oh, here. She got married. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, did you have a chance to look through my email? Chance, I had a chance to see through your fucking email. <laughs> you didn't get one, Evno? Not yet, no, I'm waiting You've only it. recently joined the Insta, anyway. I have, actually. Yeah, part of our um, our midnight live stream thing to celebrate the release necessitated me joining Instagram. So I'm riding it out. So, first segment this episode, Vopa. Singing, singing badly and we listen to them gladly. It's the... Oh. 
Oh shit, sorry, one more time. Didn't like that intro. But you didn't kick on. Milestone. I didn't say we're going to kick into it. Oh, kick into sorry, yeah, yeah. Yes, this is Vopa, where we show instances of singers singing poorly yeah. that we find funny. Have you got what you... Oh, I've got you a good got one. the smile of a man who's got a good Vopa. It's because we're coming up to the 10th anniversary. <gasps> you fucker! I know what this is. <laughs> you absolute twat. Don't do this to me. <laughs> Why? Did, did I you know quick... exactly what it is. As soon as the 10th anniversary, I knew exactly what you're going to play. Well, this is... Us. Ah! <laughs> you prick. On, on the prick. Late, late toy show. I was out there wiling, right? I was trying my best. We had to make it a show, okay? If I may quantify this before you hear it. Well, there's two people singing in this, so let's... Peace. My Vopa isn't you. I thought it was me. <gasps> okay, bonus Vopa at the end. I've got it. Okay, great. <laughs> I thought it was me. Okay, where you go, man. Yeah, no, you, you, you are shit. My Vopa is someone let me. Not do the falsetto. I remember the discussion. Remember Niall and Tommy both said, don't do not do the falsetto. And it sounds awful. Oh, no, it does. Totally undercuts the performance. <laughs> Let me find it. So this is our debut TV appearance for the folks at home. Which we're coming up on the 10-year anniversary of, which is horrible. I don't like <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah, we haven't known each other 10 years. We were on telly together the first time 10 years ago. Also, I was 14. I keep thinking, oh, I was like nine. I was 14. <laughs> I know. I was a young man. I had cogent <laughs> thoughts. Now. You'd be out working if it was different times. So but, yeah, for the folks at home, this is Irish TV, November. November 2010 uh, Christmas themed toy show this is an absolute institution and this is we are at pains to always ask people to take us at, at our word yeah. but we really mean it this time if we were to cash in take us at our word points now we would cash them and say you have to understand that the toy show is the biggest thing on Irish television ever oh yeah it carries prestige <laughs> we managed to get on it in 2010 and still no matter what we do globally as we did lots of <laughs> lots of mad stuff for the last 10 years what can I say it's been a trip but to anyone in Ireland it's still that, remember seeing the lads on the toy show we will always be the band that were on the toy yeah, show yeah because again for international listeners you have to audition they audition loads of kids to like sing and dance and play music and do whatever trick they have and the kids show the, how the, t- the toys work and it's all you know big Christmassy celebration for families to watch and it kind of kicks off the Christmas season in Ireland so. and, and even then, and the thing is there's been a host of absolute legends appearing it yeah. the likes of John Joe there was a list published by two years ago of the top 10 late late toy show appearances and we came in at number 8 which is the fucking chart that I want to be on it's a, it's a solid number to come in on I just want to say before I do this that the, there's 10 comments on this video also it, t- it took 4 years for RT to upload this but there's 10 comments the first one is OMG Ross the second one is Ross is literally 12 the fourth one is Ross is literally 12 <laughs> The fifth one is without Ross, they weren't half as good. Oh, when so did? But who? How far did they have to go back to see the stripes without me? Not, not too far. Like <laughs> literally weeks before that. <laughs> and then the last one is an Irish five seconds of summer debuted on TV, and since then huge success like five five sauce did. Anyway, this is uh, this is before I could falset. But you do a little we, got a little, we got a little bonus <laughs> ow in there as well from Pete, courtesy of Pete. It's like, oh, you would do the dual singing thing, not harmonise at all. Again, that was beyond my capabilities anyway. I don't think any, anybody can be blamed for that. And I remember the conversation we had where it was like, climactic bit of the song in the chorus, we won't do that. That's, that's immaterial. <laughs> and tune the guitars? I don't fucking think so. <laughs> <laughs> Have every guitar in a different drop tuning and play the same natural chords on it? I think that sounds pretty neat to me. <laughs> People who are in the know will know this, that that whole, the whole setup of all of that is the most E7 sounding Christ, looking yes. thing 
ever. And the E7 that does this, that E7. Yes, absolutely. Homeboys out there with the cords know what I'm talking about. <laughs> uh, for anyone listening at home, for it's it's a it's an E7 shaped like this. Okay. Yeah. Brilliant. No, very good, Vopa. Again, I thought I was coming under fire there, but you threw yourself under. No, I would never pick you. And whenever I, whenever you said, "Oh, you fucker," I thought you would pick the same one. And then I thought you've picked me. Fuck you. No, again, I thought you were coming for me. I thought you were coming for my ass, and then and you weren't. No, I'd never have. Right, yeah, exactly. You've yet to. Ev Vopa. Vopa. Okay, so this is we've discussed this Vopa before. It also comes from a band on telly, but it's not us, and it's on English telly. In 2000 and... Couldn't be us then. <laughs> I know, yeah, that doesn't... I know. You knew straight away it wasn't going to be us. Before we move on quickly, I just wanted to throw this in. There was another radio station played us called uh, The Acoustic Yard Radio Show, hosted by a DJ called David D. Moore. So when he played us, I responded saying, thanks for the play, David D. Moore, Dozy Beaky, making titch. Top one, top notch. No one got it. On you go with your Vopive. 2017... Later with Jules Holland, Graham Goulman's 10CC. Oh, yes. Oh, this is great. So we don't have the original vocalist on this this song, 10CC, doing their hit, their number one hit from the 70s, uh, Rubber Bullets. But the man who sang it, who was it? Lol Cream, uh, the singer of 10CC, has left the band at this point. And so we have another man standing in for him. And, you know, the whole song is like sung in like the most intense, ball-pinching Beach Boys falsetto. Uh, back to the falsetto, actually. Yeah. This is someone who succeeds in doing the falsetto, but fails at every other conceivable aspect <laughs> of conveying the song to the listener. And it's just come after the middle eight. There's a big build-up section. Um, the lyric is supposed to be, well, I don't understand why they call in the National Guard and the back and forth is supposed to go with the National Guard, the National Guard, but it doesn't quite go that way. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, I haven't a fucking clue where I am. I've got carried away. I've lost my place, but I'm going to style it out. He did style it out, to be fair. But even the... (laughs) (laughs) Again, for the listeners at home, the the line before this was ending with the local county jail. So he just kind of sort of half does the words. The syllables kind of match up. But it's just really funny when he goes... And then the lads go, the National Guard. (laughs) The National Guard. Oh, fucking great. Ah, silly mistake. My one here isn't a mistake. Mm-hmm. This is somebody's body lets them down. Oh God! Yeah, <laughs> the flesh fails them. Actually, the mind was willing, but the flesh was weak. <laughs> so this is the faces live with Maybe I'm Amazed from their live oh, album, right? Careful. Which Ronnie Lane starts and Rod Stewart fucking finishes because <laughs> you start when you go, ah, this is a great version. Ronnie's nice and mellow with it. Ronnie Lane never did anything bad in his life except give Ronnie Wood a platform. <laughs> so. Also, the way McCartney sings, hung me on the line. He sings goes all Kermit on it. And then, to be fair to Rod, he does come in like a champ here. Guy's got soul. Now, at the end, the soul abandons him. <laughs> Like fucking Winnie the Pooh. Oh, bother. Winnie the Pooh doing a Lulu impression <laughs> and losing it at the end, being like, fucking hell, I don't have the breath for that. He just sounds like fucking Sterling Holloway. <laughs> that's great. That's it's really it's the old man oh, oh, at the bottom. That's great. That does it for Vopa today, I think. Yeah. Oh, no, no, no. The bonus Vopa. Oh, bonus. The Bopa. The Bovo. When Ross brought up the 10-year anniversary of the Late Late Toy Show, I thought he was going to make fun of Whittle Old Me. <laughs> 
because I do something fucking shit. <laughs> my job in the stripes wasn't to be the best. Initially, wasn't to be the best player at all. My job was to be the yelper. I just did the bass on the side. <laughs> and like I've said before, everything I brought to the stripes was usurped by <laughs> Ross Farley. By someone better. But there's the McCartney sort of yelps and shouts and things like that. I, I try to embody McCartney as much as I can in this yeah. and fail abjectly. Uh, it's always a fool's journey. Errand. Gold. Yeah. It's always yeah. a fool's goal to uh, try and mimic McCartney like we just learned from Ronnie Lane. One, two, three, I say three numbers and then go, what? <laughs> That's not even it though It's screams that are bad And they're not even screams It's just a young person going Ah so Get away with that Yeah you get some whoops out of the audience Also uh, you rim shot the snare there as well This was a mess <laughs> you Totally missed the snare this is a Fuck snare. me right Listen to this <laughs> I do like the the, the the raw hide. Yeah, it is. A, it's a yeah. It is a yeah, and it carries with it though. In its defence, I think it carries with it a sense of urgency, almost panic, to deliver the goods. In that moment, I had forgotten that I was meant to do that, uh, and then went. Any noise will do. Yeah, the gender, the divide. We're all we're all working so hard <laughs> there to try and get it across. But, but that was. Vopa. Singing, singing badly, and we listen to them gladly. It's the Vopa. Oh shit! Sorry, one more time. Yes, that was Vopa, and now we're gonna move on. <laughs> Close. We're gonna move on to work farce. Don't work smart. Don't work hard for the work Yes, this is work farce. Normally now work farce is reserved for silly instances where I do bad at my job. But this is more just the entire setup of what I'm doing now. Yeah. Is a farce. Yeah, okay. There's no one singular bit. So I recently taken up a job with Just Eat. Mm. Doing... Uh, deliveries for, for fast food places and things like that just to further the parallels between myself and Peter Parker and Spider-Man 2 yeah. whereas my Mr. Aziz is a phone and Joe's 29 minute guarantee is a timer on the Just Eat app so the day of my first shift at starting at 5 in the, in the, in the afternoon I was I, I've obviously got the big like thermal bag and things like that and I had 32 cassettes that needed to be sent to the post office I thought they're not going to fit in my small little yellow hunter bag so I said I'll put them in the big Just Eat bag Keep the tracks nice and pipe and hot for the listeners. So I got to the post office, right? Walked up and he asked, we don't do food deliveries in here. And I told him it's not food. And then I explained what was going on. But I walked into the foyer of the GPO and looked around. It was 10 to 5. The post office was closing at 5. Mm. Well, I am about to ruin someone's day <laughs> with 32 parcels all need to be individually the address individually typed out and yeah. stickered and all that sort of stuff as well now I will go back on to start my shift now let me paint a picture for you mm-hmm. how I look so I am in brothel creepers Le- Levi jeans I have a stripy t-shirt on and then the knitted number you see before you right now listeners the knitted thing that you hear before you this knitted sort of cardigan woolly thing. I then have a very form-fitting black woman's hoodie that I found in the utility room of the house downstairs. My sort of Harrington with the out the tartan design outward outwardly facing on yes. it. A high vis jacket, a pink child's helmet. <sighs> And then I just eat by thermal bag that I can actually fit in. It's that big. So I go to start my round and I they give you a little handy phone mount. I put my phone into that so you can see the phone on your handlebars, on the handlebars of your bike. And I started the round. So like my phone was fully charged. I was already chafing. It was good to go. <laughs> the bag really badly affects 
your center of gravity. I can imagine. Oh, horrendously so. Yeah. Now, I thought that the only balance that was going to be affected by weight would be my bank balance with all the weight of this incoming Wonga Reddy's dosh. Spondoolies. Began my run. It was a three and a half hour shift. Now, my first pickup was in Eddie Rockets in Rathmines. So that was about 10 minutes away. Halfway there, I realized the toll that the app was taking on my poor little iPhone 5SE. Right. And I looked, I had started with 100%. Five minutes into the journey, I was at 36%. Now, I'm no phone battery to usage to time left estimator at all. Mm. But I was pretty confident that it was not going to make the rest of the three hour shift if this was its behavior in the first five minutes. So, managed to get to that run. That was all grand. I dropped up to his house, tipped me to Europe, which was very nice. I then, my phone died. So, I was like, fuck, I'm not going to be able to get any orders, things like that. So, I booted it over to a Maxol petrol station, went in and said, have you got a portable charger? And they said, got you sorted, bruv. Gave it to me. Took it out, opened it in the packet, plugged the phone in. The portable charger was absolutely dead. Now, I get that products like that wouldn't normally work right out of the box. Yeah. But if you're buying a portable charger from a petrol station, you obviously need to use it right fucking now. <laughs> you don't need, you're not keeping it for later on or for when you're going to work this week. Yeah. You need it fucking yesterday. Right? <laughs> I then had to like leg it home, plug the phone and that charger in for an hour. Oh, shit. Go back out onto the bike. Had to mask and tape the portable charger to the handlebars and then feed oh. the lead into the phone mount. Had the phone on that. Redonned my high-vis, high-pranny gear and did some more runs. Got some more done, which was fine. Next pickup then was Eddie Rockets again. I had to drive out to Springfield Crescent, which was 15 kilometres away. And I had 32 minutes to do it. I was in absolute pieces by the time I got there, right? I was wheezing and panting and like I could feel the bag like pulling me back. So I was cycling, doing like this, the whole way pulling me back. And every time I got leaned forward, I could feel the food hitting the back of me and all that as well. And I thought, oh, I'm absolutely, I'm fucking mulching someone's burgers. Fucking nightmare. Yeah, and eventually got to the place. And like by the time I got there, I couldn't tell if like the brakes were squealing or I was. It was that thing where like my eyes felt hot. Yeah, you yeah, know. Yeah. But the thing is, so with, with these, you see people at like the start of their evening where they're like, we get a, we get a takeaway. You want an extra portion of chips? Yeah, great, let's do that. Everyone's excited when they receive Just Eat food at 9, 10, 11 o'clock at night. And I've seen people at the start of their cosy night in. Yeah. And then I've also seen people at the other end. I've seen what giving up looks like. And it wears a dressing gown and Bart Simpson slippers. <laughs> you see people who've been drained of their will to live. Mm. but not to survive. <laughs> They're like totally prey to the pangs of their stomach, right? Yeah. And the worst one was last Wednesday. I was cycled to a Burger King in Crumlin and I picked up a bag that had six Whoppers in it and I dropped it to a house in Crumlin at 7.15 a.m. Mm. Now, a Whopper at any point in the a.m. is reprehensibly depressing yeah. and the misery of it grows exponentially in proportion to the amount of whoppers there. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. one, I feel you bud, it's a rough day, we've all been there. <laughs> Three, I'd get some help. Six is beyond, beyond help. Don't, don't don't waste the rope. We lose the life boy if we throw it out to them. Let them get eaten. We can't afford to save this person. They are too <laughs> far gone. The last time I was doing orders last Friday, I learned a delivery run from six to 11. News came through that we were number 12 in the Irish singles charts. Like I, like, like I said on my Instagram, the people I was delivering to had no idea the person handing them their Eddie Rocket snack boxes was their recently crowned top 20 champion. What a thrill it must have been for them. And yes, so just the whole thing being a, a work farce. No specific instances of me fucking up that badly, which I kind of I kind of thought I would fuck up more. Yeah, me too. <laughs> Not... <laughs> <laughs> Nothing really that bad. I deliver the food. It's all grand. I know what it's like when your fucking takeaways turn up late. Yep. It's a horrible, horrible feeling. I thought if I can be an envoy of positivity with this food, mm. I will be. I took 
an oath that no one asked me to take. And all the other work factors have obviously just hardened you. But thing, have I just high performance? Have now. I have I experienced myself out of good work forces? Yeah, I don't think so. That's I think there's that's plenty why, more. That's why you should never work too hard. <laughs> KCLO was technically a work for us. Yeah. So well, it's, yeah. it's my job now and I fucked that up. Yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. Okay, that was it wasn't really a work farce, but we're rolling with it. Filed filed under work for us. Yes, that was work for us. I didn't really fuck up that badly. Uh, and that's personal growth, but not good for the growth of this segment. And we're gonna go straight into a, a section that hasn't been on the podcast for the last while, but makes a welcome return tonight. Also, did anybody notice there's been no Sonic Seconds this episode? Thank God. I noticed that in the WhatsApp. It's the first time it's not. It's been a series. My hackles were raised. <laughs> it's a series regular, and it's the first time it's not been in an episode. This, yes, we're going to cut back to an episode segment that has been in the podcast for a while now. We're going to go to Never Mind The Someone Say It. Fuzzbox. Yes, this is never mind the fuzz box where we've rigged up a fuzz box through a microphone and someone's going to sing into that and the other two people have to try and guess what the song is. Who's going to go first? I'll go first. Way! I volunteered. I volunteered as tribute! Hit me with your best shot. (laughs) What the fuck is that again? Good, Ross. I've got it, I've got it, I've got it. I, I, I can't get the name on it. If Ross Farley could be a song, it is what he would I be. Say, I can hear it. It's Sledgehammer by oh, Peter Gabriel. Of course Gabriel. it fucking is. <laughs> Good job, Ross. God's sake, Ross. Um, what, what an intro. What a pro. <laughs> we were in a studio. That rhymed. <laughs> uh, right, I'll go next then. Yep. <laughs> Do you believe in magic? <laughs> Do you believe in that magic? That was a bit of love and spoonful. Do you believe in magic? You were channeling uh, John Sebastian on uh, on his band, The Love and Spoonful. There, Pete. I was indeed. Yes, no, fantastic song. A song that I thought I thought a song I thought I couldn't like. A song I thought I couldn't like because it was in the Parent Trap soundtrack, and then I got over myself about two years ago and admitted <laughs> you that grew a pair and I love it mm. uh, the parent trap being the Lindsay Lohan version again so I thought I can't like that because that's on that same way that I thought I can't like So Little Time by Arcana because it's, an, it's the theme song to So Little Time and also features in the night fighting scene in Winning London but of course anyone who thinks you can't like that is wrong exactly and the same with, same with I thought Do You Believe Magic I thought it's in Parent Trap can't do that I, I do still rightfully hate that Earl is for the way I don't like that. I, no I can spell. <laughs> <laughs> I've got no affection for that either. No, but there she no go- love for it. There <laughs> she goes is nice. There she goes is in Parent Trap as well, and I've always thought that was brilliant. I was like, it's a shame it's in Parent Trap. Parent Trap has a clang banging soundtrack. <laughs> Dennis Quaid's in it as well. Okay, he's great. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Up you go, Ev. Evans. Okay, what turn. Am I doing again? <laughs> Well, for 
was that? I'm not sure. I know. Yes, that was the Blades Goes for Chance. Something I'm delighted to say we have been played alongside on some of the Irish playlists we featured on the last week or so because our single came out and we are bowled away by our own <laughs> success and amazement. Yeah. And fun fact, I decided I was going to do that for the Fuzzbox just there. Brilliant. Nice. Yeah, and we just got word actually Kieran from Radio Nova who played us before the Blades on Monday. We've just been added to their Nova guest list playlist which is very exciting. Cheers. It's been weird again just back on the single thing being played bef- like before and after sort of bands on, on shows like there was, we were played in the middle of a Lou Reed special in the mm. McLuhan show which was great. He also played us before two Eels songs which were Nova King for The Soul and Last Stop This Time which I thought was really cool. Uh, that was... N- Everyone's done one, haven't they? Yeah. Again, the point system for Nevermind the Fuzzbox is just so flawed and fucked. Yeah, but it's lack of existence. This game uh, defies victory or defeat. That was Nevermind the Fuzzbox. Did not like that. Yes, that was never mind the fuzz box. Brilliant. Okay, now we've we've fuzzed. We've worked fast. We have received an email, <laughs> uh, and we have introed and talked about our single. Next up, we've got have I got tunes for you? Have I Got Tunes For You we just recommend an album we think you might like my Have I Got Tunes For You this month is London Nil Hole 4 an album that actually hasn't been on it yet the House Martins have been mentioned in multiple other segments in the show so far but have never been mentioned in Have I Got Tunes For You and the album is one of the albums that and Any Trouble and the first three Fountains Away albums actually all five I don't know why I tried to be cool and say just three are albums that I know inside out I know every nook and cranny of London Nil Hall 4. Same. Fant- absolutely fantastic yeah, album. Same, same sorry. Yeah. <laughs> we all know it. Yeah, but even the things that like, I always tell people, like, oh, they're like a happy Smith, but also like a happy and better Smiths. The only thing they're losing out is that Stan Cullimore isn't as good a guitarist as Johnny Marr, but that doesn't mm. matter because the parts he comes up are great. The House Martins are a very strange band in that when they were in the band, they were all very clearly part of the same group. They're a bit like, it's sort of like, the opposite of the Ramones because the Ramones were all these absolutely insane individuals in the one band together mm, yeah then when they went off into their own thing as when the band broke up into that, they always looked exactly the same Marky Ramone still is in a fucking leather jacket Johnny Ramone still even when the band broke up and was done they were more like they were in the band than when they were in the band yes themselves. absolutely whereas the House Martins were all wearing cardigans and sheepskin jackets when they were in the band they were doing the hive mind type yeah. thing they seemed to be on the exact same page and then broke up and just scattered to the four fucking winds of acceptability, quality, and legality. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, in that, Paul Heaton went on to form the Beautiful South and then do his Jackie Abbott stuff and all that as well. They have a song called Perfect Ten, which I hate. <laughs> Norman Watroy, the bass player. <laughs> no, I'm joking. Norman Fletcher went on. To, Norman Cook went on to be. Fat Boy Slim. Hell yeah, he did. Occupying such a different space that nobody knows that 
as in, as in people know it, but nobody who knows who Fatboy Slim is or likes Fatboy Slim has any clue that he had another life, it seems. It, they're so disassociated. I think it's the biggest career U-turn of all time. And isn't he married to a big presenter? Radio presenter? Split up, bro. Split up. Oh, shit, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> He's recently split up from Zoe Ball. Oh, okay. okay. Zoe Ball? Yeah. Wow. Current presenter of um, Strictly Come Dance and It Takes Two on BBC. Okay. And then uh, Stan, Stan Cullimore, the guitar player, has gone on to write children's books. Yes. And Hugh Whitaker, like we discussed, I think on the very first episode, opened up, opened up a car dealership. And they tried to kill someone with an axe. They tried to kill someone with an axe. And then actually went to jail trying to kill someone with an axe. And then also a few four counts of arson as well. <laughs> so Checkered passed for one and then just a past for the rest who've just gone on yeah. to do sort of relatively bandy things well a checkered past for Norman Cook because he wrote Rap Around the Clock and that's nearly as, <laughs> and that's nearly as bad as trying to get some other nice the stirrings of the artistic you know leanings that would lead to Fatboy Slim which has produced some great work well like Crunkabella Flonk <laughs> that's great yeah absolutely the Brimful of Asher remix that's great I was actually listening to Corner Shop recently mm. and there was a song called Sleep on the Left Side right yeah but Rap Around the Clock is an awful heinous piece of music yeah, I don't know what that is it's it's on the extended edition of London Hill Hall 4 <laughs> and there's a YouTube video which we're going to watch of course after this um, Pete I can't believe I've never shown you this that they end the House Martin's like half hour I know special. Rapper in the Clock yeah, yeah, I yeah, know yeah, they I end did. the show with it I thought you knew uh, it but that's very disappointing yeah absolutely pathetic way to end <laughs> well, the like, I'm on board with Fat, like, I think Brimple Bash the Fat Boy Slim's version is great That was yeah, that's my opportunity again the album's absolutely great uh, really simple jangly guitar stuff lovely guitar sounds probably the best drum sound great drum sound and drumming drumming like, as in, like, not showing off, but just being solid as fucking and great. That's, that's what the band, I think, is at its strength when it's everyone's just doing the part they need to for the song. Mm. It's the most service in the song album of all time. Absolutely. And the one track that I would skip on, and I think it's good, but I just don't like it, it bums me up when I listen to the album, is Flag Day. Oh, yeah, okay. okay. Because it's track three. Yeah, I think, isn't it? It is track three. Yeah, yeah. it is. Yeah, and it, it's a, I think it's a terrible place for tra- track three. Is where you put the other single, the stonker. Yeah, that's what you put in the fucking biggie. What am I saying? So Flag Day was a single, which is that's, a, even, that's even stupider. Bass playing's really, really great again. Very, very light on the on guitar. Athletics. There's no, there's no musical athletics on the album at all. It's mm. everyone just the bass. Probably the closest instrument that comes to being yeah. show off at different points because the bass lines are all really good yeah, myself and you Ross played Reverend's Revenge at Electric Picnic and I remember that because we had a track worked out with you on sax yeah uh, Billy Bragg's Levi Stubbs Tears Levi Stubbs Tears we were going to do that at the Hot Press Tent at Electric Picnic in 2017 your sax went no no goodbye sleepy time it was working outside the tent <laughs> I was literally holding it playing it it was working <laughs> yeah. we went in and the sax just decided to have a fit and myself and Ross whipped out two harmonicas and we did Reverend's Revenge which was the harmonic instrument again as I say I keep telling people oh, they're like a Happy Smiths, but again, that that doesn't even sell the band enough. No, no. So that's my Avega Tunes for you. What have you got to give me today? I'm yawning. That was my Avega Tunes for you. What have you got to give me and our listeners today? Well, mine is um, from A Good Year Music 1995. Is this Billy Piper's debut single? But um, I was actually looking through the albums released. Dandy Warhol's. Debut, is it the Boys Better debut album? No, Dandy's Rule Okay. 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 Yeah. <laughs> Grand Prix, Teenage Fan Club. Very good. Blur. Can't remember which Blur one. Uh, that would have been Parklife. No. Not that one. Uh, Modern Life is Rubbish? No, not that Great one. Great Escape. Great Escape. Great Escape 95. Yeah. Guided by Voices. Which one? A, um, Couldn't tell you. Oh, is it Alien Farm? Yeah, Alien Farm. Let me just double check. That's what it's called. Alien Lanes. Alien Lanes. Alien Lanes. And then Elastica had Elastica out. Mm-hmm. I don't like Elastica at all. I like I like um, Stutter's a really good Elastica song. The album is good. I think Sleeper are a better band than Elastica right. and that's my bread pop hot take okay that's maybe maybe true because I don't know Sleeper my one is On by Echo Belly oh of course oh I forgot you were an Echo Belly man it did um, 
it did rubbish. My excuse for it is all them other albums are out. Yeah, Same fair. Year. No, it's absolutely fantastic. A band that I have known for ages and just never really delved into as much as I should have. You, every, I remember every, every few weeks you would come in and be like, oh, there's an Echo Belly song and you play those two or three and I thought they're great and I thought you were like yeah. mad to listen to them all the time but you obviously weren't. No, not, uh, <laughs> only like again, picking out the songs. I'm a singles man, you see. Yeah, I think we all are. But, um, <laughs> no, we're, we're single, Pete. That's what you're Oh, we're single. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, yeah, we lack love in our lives. That's what I meant yeah, to say. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, I forgot. Another top loaded album where the first five songs take away the fourth song okay. are absolutely fucking amazing. Is Great Things on that album? It is. It's the third song. Great, great song. Great Things. Yeah, yeah. Kind of smitzy in, in the way that her vocal style is very like Morrissey, except kind of sweet and cutesy, except the band are going fucking nuts with mm. distortion and they don't they don't know what a clean guitar is. Whereas, like, like that's the to the Smiths because the Smiths, the musically, were very sweet and cutesy and then Morrissey was going fucking nuts <laughs> outside of the band just in his life very good album Echo Belly again I keep every time you mention Echo Belly I keep thinking of Echo Smith who are the band that have the wish that I can be like the cool kid remember that hit yes and we our South Pacific West showcase South Pacific West 2014 we did a showcase gig in the big hangar and Echo uh, Smith yes. were on before us so we shared the dressing room with Echo Smith like the week before they had their hit Jesus I happened to find the footage of us like the, the, the put a video online of that from that clip it is we've always been told this an important gig and there's lots of TV people here and we decided to go right time to be really boring <laughs> and we do not move on the stage it's really terrible really? Looking. I'll show you afterwards I remember that specifically because Equismith were there and there was also a bag of crisps that was six foot tall do you remember that? No. So it was a bag of crisps that was absolutely huge. It was like skinny but quite tall. But yeah, go listen to On by Echo Belly. Very good band. Some some masturbation jokes which you all like. Nice. I don't like any masturbation jokes. It's not it's not a funny concept. Hair in your palms going blind. You're making fun of the disabled. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Poor. Ev. Uh, I have gone for a great album that's also the soundtrack to what Mark Kermode. Mark Kermode is a person who does film reviews. And he referred to this film as the Citizen Kane of rock movies. So we're talking Slade in Flame. <sighs> I was going to say Hairspray. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Yeah, so, yeah. Slade band I absolutely love mentioned on the podcast, and we all we all we all enjoy Slade here. When we heard that our single had gone into number twelve on the official Irish Homegrown Singles chart, I was in the room that we're in right now in my house, and I put uh, Slade videos on the telly, and I went, "I am in a fucking." pop band and this is what it's like yeah Slade great fucking band and they made this brilliant movie called Slade in Flame they play a fictional band called Flame who have this really gritty hard biting sort of commentary on the music business all that sort of stuff that goes into those kind of movies it's a way more serious and dark film than people thought it was going to be at the time and now it's gone on to be really well thought of and the soundtrack has also been reevaluated as Slade's best album most likely probably in my opinion definitely really I think it's an absolutely class album but the music's far like darker than that than the Slade crack stuff well it seems like that because you've got How Does It Feel is the obviously first track has the kind of like filmic theme feel to it because obviously the title song of the film so it has that sort of like they they up the stakes with the brass and the piano and it's it is a change definitely a change I'd say for people who liked Slade at the time it was a whole other fucking side of them but when you get the, when the album gets underway, there's plenty of Slade rocking out, get your boots on, fucking stomping glam type moments. It does tail off like a motherfucker at the end, but then rallies at the end. There's a great song called "Stand on the Corner." <laughs> song actually that John Lennon was in the record plant in New York when Chas Chandler, the manager and producer of Slade, was mixing the album, and he came in and he said, uh, "Who's this guy? He sounds like me. I love this song." So it's a great track. But the first first half of the album I think is absolute fucking you know solid gold Sunday hit after hit after hit after hit great Brilliant. fucking tracks I haven't watched the film since the last time we saw it here at 7 in the morning it's <laughs> some Sunday yeah yeah we yeah. watched it very early but yeah Slade and Flame 
uh, album soundtrack to the movie it's absolutely brilliant cosmic apart from uh, three tracks on side two but sure the rest of it's great crack only bit I can remember the film so far is Noddy Holder in like the sort of vampiric gear stuck in the coffin yeah, that, that's very. That's one that's of the first yeah, ten minutes of the film. Yeah, it's amazing how much of it stuck with me, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> brilliant. Okay, uh, that was Hawaii Got Tunes for you. We've all recommended albums. Nice variety there as well. Yeah, we've yeah. mid mid eighties guitar jangle from England. We've got some echo belly stuff from the mid nineties in England. Then we've got some English rock from the mid seventies. Glam rock, if you will. How varied we are as individuals. Mm. And with that, we come to our last segment today. This uh, I gave us a la- I gave us a handy last one this week, lads. So we don't have to think too much about it. This is a uh, one we'll finish one later. One we'll finish later. Yeah, we'll just add all the effects on that afterwards. Mm. Or it's a track that we've got together and it's not finished yet, but we'll get to it at some point. I even thought, like, you know, we could do a little thing called Procrastinator, where it's like <laughs> songs that we kind of like, but we're not done with yet. But again, I haven't done the jingle for that because the jingle for that's going to be a Procrastinated. Yeah, this is a track called Cross My Mind, and I was deep in the throes of listening to a playlist made by Olivia called late 80s 90s 2000s power pop which I'm delighted to say that Don't Say A Word is now in despite not fitting the criteria really despite not fitting the time based criteria but but fitting the genre criteria uh, and I was in the middle of listening to those tra- to bands like the Well Wishers and the Merrymakers and the Connells and DM3s the whole playlist it's, it's probably up in about six hours now she keeps adding to it which is, which is great it was one of those listening to it was a playlist that I would like listening to when I was doing deliveries at work because be mad late at night and just put them on and again I, I got really sort of steeped and drenched in the lyrics that mean absolutely nothing they're just good words strung together with no discernible meaning at all just vaguely about attraction or affection or whatever and then just chunky chords on top but even more so than we've done so far like don't this this cross my mind makes don't say a word look like stairway to fucking heaven <laughs> in terms of how simple and la- la- how much like a lack of thought has gone into what the words are uh, which crossed my mind and we actually it was the first day we could meet up uh, the first day when the lockdown sort of eased a bit in July here the 8th of July it was yes we came, I came up with a four track little Porter studio that I bought a four track cassette recorder and we recorded this track outside and shot a video for it as well which I've yet to finish <laughs> again another crafting it and yeah so it's something we, uh, you know I thought was kind of finished and the lad said yeah that'll be great when it's done and I went oh, oh, oh yeah oh yeah totally yeah yeah no it's not done at all please enjoy this is also done analogue this is done on a four track which is uh, impressive and anyone will tell you that this is Cross My Mind And dot my eyes Cross my heart And hope that I Cross your
I said that was that. Uh, by the nature of the four track recording, we had to do the acoustic with the drums at the same time. Mm. Vocals had to be done at the same time as well, with me standing back from a distance. The guitar was done in one take, I remember that. The bass took a while, and it's all, there's only, as I said, there's only one bass, one guitar on it, and things like that. Again, it's, it's incredibly, incredibly lo-fi in a, in a detrimental way, obviously. You can, hear, you can hear that there. Nice as well, as you can hear the ta- the splices of when we were like dropping in, those where you can hear the little quick. Yeah, which, which, which is kind of nice. Yeah, but that was again. I was in deep in the throes of a massive guided by voices thing as well, and they are were so careless with their recordings. So that's that. Yeah, that's cr- that's crossed my mind again. Something that might finish again. I, people who listen to this might have a response to it. If so, let us know. Mm. Uh, but my response, I hadn't heard that in ages, and I really like it. I want to finish it. <laughs> Do it. It's done. It's great. Yeah. Uh, and yes, that was one we'll finish later. Hopefully. And yes, and with that, we come to the end of the show. This was episode 15 of Higher Fidelity. Lots covered in this now. Our outrageous success. Ascent to fame. The kernel of our initial success with the toy show. Uh, Rod Stewart sounding like Sterling Holloway. And yeah, crossed my mind. Loads, lots, lots of stuff covered. A, a bountiful, bountiful episode uh, that sadly doesn't feature the breaking news that is Joe Pesci sounding like he does singing. <laughs> I would like that to be an exclusive in every episode, but it isn't. We've mm. done it now. Now, all that's left to do is remind you to be rooting. Be too. Always be shooting. And most importantly, but most importantly, be Be kind. kind.